Hey, good morning. Thank you, Ash and worship team. Ishmael, man, I just want to say, you're getting really good on the drums. You're a solid bug over there. That's awesome. I could hear you today. It was good. And uh, Krista, this is in the house. Krista, that bass was, it's all about that bass, because today the bass was up. It was good. I could feel it. Didn't that feel like when you feel the music and that, it's, I love it. I love it. And is Mitch in the house or did he, he yeah. Anyways, oh, he's on baby duty. Yeah, Mitch. Oh, there he is. He's having his coffee in the back. <laughs> Smart man. I'm just going to tell on him. You know, he was a bass player, and he's played a little guitar over the years. And when him and Ashley prayed about this whole thing, he's, dude, you've jumped right in with your guitar. So awesome. And thank you for leading us, Ash, for just bringing us into his presence. Um, it doesn't have to be... 20-piece bands up here. It could be a person up here leading a cappella, right, into his presence. In fact, some of, the most, some of the most comments I get, the biggest comments I get is when we just bust into a song spontaneously as a church, like we did a couple weeks ago. We got more comments about singing It Is Well with my soul um, than I have. So we're going to have to do that more often. And we were singing about God's amazing grace this morning, and I was thinking, oh, we should sing the song Amazing Grace. What's that? You thought the same thing? Okay, should we do it? Okay, I'm going to turn off my mic, though. I guess <laughs> you don't want to hear this guy sing, trust me. Um, I guess our internet is struggling right now, so you guys do whatever you want. You're not online, so, uh, okay? So I'm going to turn off my mic. Ready? Jesus, thank you so much for opening our eyes, God, that you offered salvation to the broken. God, you said when you were here, Jesus, you said it's not the healthy that need a doctor, but it's those who are hurting and who are sick. And oh, we were hurting and we were sick in our sin, and you saved us and rescued us. It is an amazing grace. Lord, I pray that we won't hoard on to that for ourselves. Yes, that we receive that amazing grace, but God, that we would be generous and we allow amazing grace to flow through us to our friends, to our families, to our community. God, that we'd be amazing grace <laughs> to those around us in your name. Amen. You know, donuts can be amazing grace. We, <laughs> um, and you might say, wow, that came out of nowhere. Well, I just thought of that as we were praying for how can we be amazing grace to our community. Um, Annie had an idea. How can we bless Northwood Middle School across the street? It's right there. Do you think it's an accident that that school was built here after this church was built? No, it's not an accident. 
So over the years, we've had really strong connection. When COVID hit, all connection was cut off because of they weren't allowing outsiders in. And so, so Annie was like, how can, we, so f- how can we reach into the school a little bit more? So for three months, we worked with the staff there. How can we bless you? This is what they came up with. Standardized testing is the month of May. If you guys could do something for our kids, so when they finish their all-day test, that you'd bless them with something. And what did we come up with? Krispy Kreme donuts. And so five times, uh, and I'm sharing this because I want us to be a blessing, but I also want you to know that, hey, as you give and tithe here, we're not just like hanging on that money. We're, we, want to, we want to bless our community. So five times in the month of May, um, we bought 11 do- dozen donuts. So we bought 66 dozen donuts uh, in the month of May, and some of you volunteers, Dana was one of them. Anybody else take donuts over to the school? I know a few other people that aren't here today did. Heather and I were blessed to be able to do it this last week. You walk into a junior high classroom with two dozen donuts for their classroom, who's the hero? You are. Yeah, it was awesome. And so just to bless them and give them donuts uh, was, it's amazing grace. We want them to know it's amazing grace. And they said, hey, this is from the church across the street. So it was really cool. We don't do it for, we didn't do it for our glory. We do it for God's glory. Amen. Hey, so we're going to have a little family time uh, right, right before we jump into the Word. We are going to be in the Word this morning a lot. So I encourage you to grab a Bible if you don't have one. Get your Bibles ready, warmed up. But, um, you know, part of being the church is part of being family. And we have people that come. And we have people that, uh, that go. And so my heartbeat as, as the pastor of this church is that when God does move you on to a newer place, that you just don't disappear. We're, in my opinion, we're family. And we'll be family whether you live here or you live in Tampa, Florida, which James and Desiree are moving to, by the way. Um, and they couldn't be here today, but this is, he's leaving Thursday. Um, whether you live in Texas, which is where the Kittlesons are right now, and the, the Yonts are there in Texas right now. Uh, whether you move to California, which is where the Miles are moving um, to go down. So I'm going to invite them to come up. And what I want us to do as a church is, hey, we're still their family, whether they're in California or not. You're stuck with us. Whether yeah. You can't leave us. We're, we'll come down and visit, maybe. Okay? There's in and out in your town? Yeah. We'll, definitely be, we'll definitely be visiting. Okay? And so um, I just asked them if they could come, and we just pray for them as a church, as their church family, to send them off. They're going to be here for a couple more weeks, but Jason's heading to Africa. Um, on a trip, and then we'll be coming back, and then they're gone right after that. So I won't say any final words, because you're still going to speak periodically when you come up, but you want to share anything this morning? Well, uh, Uh, it's an honor to be able to have been a part of the church. You know, when we moved up here from California in 2010, um, we came to RCC because we knew Dana was a volunteer in the youth group, and Jordan was in sixth grade. I think (laughs) you were fourth grade, and Libby was for second grade, and uh, we wanted the kids to have an amazing youth group experience, and uh, they have. <laughs> Job well done. <laughs> and, uh, and then it's so powerful, it's grown, it's just been an incredible blessing to have everybody in the church rally around the, uh, the ministry, and will, as you said, certainly be a part of you know, the church going forward. Uh, we felt that really a strong burden in our heart for the last six months or more to be closer to family, um, my mom and my older sister, 
And, um, and then Cinnamon's parents are going to move with us as well. Mm. And uh, we're hoping to find a property that has a, a mother-in-law unit that they'll actually be living with us. So a uh, lot's changing in our life, but a lot will stay the same. Um, both McKenna and Libby are accepted into grad school in California and are going to grad school. Um, so, yes, that's very exciting. Yeah, you can clap for that. Sure. Uh, uh, McKenna will be at UC Davis, and Libby will be in Chapman, down, which is by in Anaheim, down in Southern California. And we're holding Jordan for ransom, right? And Jordan will still be here. Yeah. We're yeah, Jordan so he's going he's gonna to make the transition to be here, and uh, so we'll be up a lot. So anyway, we've really, really um, just found uh, this congregation to be an incredible blessing in our life. And we look back over 30 years of marriage almost and think what churches meant a lot to us. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is the church that has, I'd say, meant the most to mm -hmm. us in our, our lives. And we just are incredibly grateful to have been a part. And we'll be back often. So yeah. there you have it. Would you like to speak? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you speak for the rest of you? Yes, I assume so, because I know the rest of you. Okay. Um, yeah, in my flesh, these are the hardest moments of, to be a pastor. But in my spirit, I'm excited because I know God's going to bless them because he's going down to take care of his mom and be with his sister. So that's huge to me. So it's huge. Can we extend our hands? We're going to pray. Okay. So God, we're just thankful for how you work and what you do. And Lord, even though sometimes we don't understand, uh, we step out in faith. And like Abraham, you called him to go. And he went. And Lord, we pray that over the Miles family. As they go, as they step out in obedience to your call, God, that you would bless them. That you would make their path straight. That you would just, just so give them an incredible time with his, with his mom and with, his, and with family. God. That you bless the girls as they go to school. Bless Cinnamon as she helps lead. So powerful. And all the other things that they do. And bless Jordan as he stays. Um, Lord, that we would surround him and be there for him. Um, and we don't say goodbye because we will see each other this side of heaven, but we will spend eternity with this family as well. And we're thankful. In Jesus' name. The church said? Amen. 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 All right. Love you guys. Love you guys. Amen. Okay. Everybody's getting hugs. Hugs for all. Group hug. <laughs> group hug. That would have saved time if we would have just done a group hug. Um, and like I said, we're going to do some family business this morning. We've been praying as a church for uh, uh, Ruslan um, for over the last couple weeks. Um, and you guys know that his, his uh, kids were detained as they came into the United States. They were separated. So husband and wife were separated. Daughter is still separated. Um, and so Ruslan is here this morning, and he has two special guests with him. So, oh. Oh, he's bringing them up. Wow. So I asked him, go ahead and share. Give us, give us an update. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it was a long journey. Let's take one month. I remember when we prayed uh, for Ukraine and Russia, and in that prayer we pray for my son uh, because it was a hard moment government tried to take him in a war and we really don't want to do this like send him fight and die for crazy things 
So we pray like a church, and God start moving just. And one day, Salim, my son and his wife, Barbara, and my daughter, Nadia, they just left country in one day. And it was like a miracle because it was God gave money miraculously, opened the door, because he was not allowed left country. He has a special invitation to army, and he must be an army. So, but God, God just closed eyes of officer when he crossed Russian border, and he asked him some question, and finally he was released. And uh, we spent some time in Turkey uh, with uh, a pastor family, make some preparation, uh, and they bought ticket to. Mexico, fly to Mexico, yeah. and God sent us another angel who helped to help them crossing the border, and after that they spent two weeks in detention, they were separated, and I don't have any connection with them, just I went to Arizona, going to border, different places, try to find them, no information, no phone calls, Nothing. And I really thank God that you pray and I feel that support because God provides like all steps. And after 11 days, I heard voice of my son. He called me from detention. <laughs> and uh, first, what he asked, how's Nadia, his sister, and how's his wife, Barbara? And I said, they alive, they okay. <laughs> She's just in another detention center, and Nadia in youth care center in Seattle, and he started crying, and he started saying, thank God. It's, yeah, and uh, a few days ago, I had interview with a case manager about my daughter, because she's still in a youth care center. And this case manager asked me, do you have any support in this country? Do you have family? And I said, you know, I have a big family, and I have real support. It's my church. And she was touched, and she said, wow, it's amazing. I said, I have brothers and sisters. Maybe I don't know most of you like personally, but I feel this love and support and care. So, and uh, I want to give microphone to Barbara. She prepared speech. Hello, everyone. We are very glad to see you. Uh, we apologize in advance for our English and for what we read from the phone. We would like to tell you how hard it was for us and what a long way it was to see that and come to America. But thanks to uh, your prayers and donations, we were able to easily get uh, through everything. Uh, we cannot describe our gratitude to you, but we can say that now each of this church will be in our prayers. Now that you can always turn to our family and count on help. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> we love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's good stuff, Pete Church. I love that. I love that. And we have another family that's brand new. Dennis and his, his family are in town. And so 
any way you feel to reach out to them. Um, the biggest thing is they don't need financial help. Uh, they just need you. Um, have them over for dinner. Have them over for coffee. Take them to coffee. Do some, just do something. They're brand new in the country. I know if I showed up in a brand new country, I'd want somebody to embrace me. And so let's embrace them and encourage them. And same with Ruslan's uh, kids as well. Just let's embrace them, okay? All right, we're going to be in our Bibles this morning a lot. And uh, I was just thinking, I asked you, asked, we had our church council meeting this, this last week. We have a great church council, by the way, church. And uh, they love you. They pray for you. They support you. Um, and they help us look at the financial state of our church and give us wisdom on how to spend what we have on all that type of stuff, if we have, I should say. And um, I asked them this question at the start of our meeting, is what passage of Scripture or passages of the Bible have been ministering to you as of late? You know, just as you've been walking with Jesus lately, you know, what passages of Scripture has the Lord kind of just kind of impressed on you that minister to you, that speak to you where you're at right now? And so I want to start off this morning by asking you that same question. You know, maybe some of you are like, I haven't read my Bible for a while. Okay, there's no condemnation in Christ. I will just say, but every day is a new day, so start reading your Bible. Okay? The other thing is, um, maybe it's a passage that spoke to you a long time ago. Probably there's a few passages that speak to me today just as, as loudly as they did 32 years ago when it was first spoken to me, because it meant so much to me. And I think of those verses, and it's like, wow, God, you still use those verses in my life to, to bring life. And so uh, I want you to think. I'm going to give you a, a, few, a few moments. What verses in the Bible has God been using in your life lately to actually really minister to you where you're at, really speak to you where you're at? Okay, I'm going to give you a couple seconds. All right, some of you are looking through your phones like, oh, yeah, that one, that one, that one. Okay. You got one? Yes? Oh, my mom's the only one that raised her hand. Mom, you know, I'm not going to ask you to read it right now. Okay. Hang on to that verse, okay? Anybody else besides my mom have one? Yes? Cindy has one. Anybody else? Doug? Ash? Oh, I almost said Adam, but he's... He's, uh, good thing we were in an auction. You would have bought it because I saw, I saw a movement sold to the guy in the white T-shirt. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Just checking on you. Hey, at the end of the service this morning, um, what I want us to do, it stinks if the pastor knows your name. Sorry, Adam. Um, if the pastor knows you, you're probably going to get called out at some point in the service. Like I was talking to Dennis and Mary Ellen uh, just a little while ago. And I said, you know, they actually moved up a little bit. And so it's impressive. Uh, so I said, next week I'm going to take all those chairs out. And maybe they'll be right, right over here. So anyways, so, um, if I know your name and if I pick on you, I'll just tell you. This is, I get this from my dad. If I acknowledge you and pick on you a little bit, it's because I love you. And so I, I, would, I don't want to leave anybody out. Okay, I'm looking at all y'all right now. I don't want to leave anybody out. I'll pick on all y'all because I love you. Um, but what I want us to do at the, the very end of our service this morning, I'm just going to reveal a little bit. You know, the Bible says that God's word endures forever. 
And that's the passage in Peter we're going to be looking at today. 1 Peter chapter 1, I mean, Peter just starts off with the fire hose, right? And tells us who we are, who our God is, how we're supposed to live, our responsibilities, that we're supposed to be alert, that we're supposed to be sober, we're supposed to be looking for the second coming of Jesus. And we need to be ready, and we need to let other people know around us to be ready, that we're set apart, that we're to, we're to be holy as he is holy. That we're to look to him. We're supposed to live this life as Christians. Sometimes I hear, I'm not supposed, to, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing as a Christian. Follow Jesus. Live your life with, Peter says, with reverence for him. Like that God is like with me, watching me, walking with me. And there should be a reverence of that, this awe and wonder of my God and the relationship that I have with him, that every moment of every day that he's walking with me. That, that's, that's really important for us to grasp. And that's what Peter talks about, that we've been preciously saved, that our salvation is priceless, and that gold, silver, and Bitcoin ha- can't buy it. Okay? Bitcoin's not in the Bible, but Peter talks about gold. But no amount of money on planet earth can buy the salvation that is offered to us for free in Christ. And that it's God's heart. We'll see in Peter that it's God's heart that all would be saved. God doesn't want any one of us to perish. But he does know, being a sovereign God, he does know that some people will choose to live life without him. And that means if we choose to live life without him on planet earth, then we've made the choice for our eternity as well. I want you to feel the weight of that, church. And some people will be watching at some point when our online stuff works, maybe later on this week. I want us to feel the weight of that. If we choose to follow Jesus here on planet Earth, then we have him for eternity, the Bible says. But if we choose to live our life for ourselves and only ourselves, and we choose not to follow him on planet Earth, then we've made that decision for our eternity And eternity without God is not a good thing. In fact, it's described as horrible in the Bible. It's described as dark. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I was afraid of the dark. So that scares me. It's described as loneliness. That scares me. I don't like to be lonely. I don't know about you, but I don't like to be lonely. It describes it in, in, in horrible that there's fire and there's all kinds of stuff that's going on. That place was not created for human beings. That place was played, created for the enemy that we fight on a daily basis, the devil. Peter just wants us to be ready. And I'll just say, as your pastor, I want you to be ready. I want all of us to know that and have confidence that, yeah, I'm saved. I know him. I walk with him. And so I want us to, at the end of the service... Because God's word does endure forever, I want us to speak those verses that he's put on your heart over over us. And I think what's happened in the American church is we've gone, I don't think it started out this way, but it has totally gone this way. It's become, it's like going to a movie type thing, entertainment. 
that we come in, we listen to great music, which we do, and we listen to some person stand up front. Sometimes good, sometimes not so good. Good when Jason's here. Great when Dana's here. Well, great when Dana's here. Great when Jason's here. Eh, when the other guy's here, right? I don't think, I think that's part of church. Yes, I think there's a part of that being that we get into the Word together, but I also think that church is supposed to be more community. That we all come here to bring something here to our meeting. Now, are we going to radically blow this thing up? I'm just going to trust the Lord to do what He wants to do in that. We've spent the last couple of weeks spending the first 15 minutes of usually message time doing family stuff, which I think is awesome. Praying for one another, praying for things that are going on in our world. You know, I don't know about you, but I've spent a lot of time praying this week just about the things that are happening in Texas, you know, and the spirit of fear that has, you know, gone across our country. I had the privilege with my wife Heather to deliver donuts on Wednesday to the school across the street the day after the shooting in Texas. And they were like on, you know, they're on lockdown over there. And so even though they know me, um, you know, we had to have the visitors things, visitors things visible. And, you know, they wanted to make sure that, hey, what's going on here? And so this spirit of fear and uncertainty has spread across our country. And it just wasn't that shooting. It's been this way for a little while. And and when we're singing this morning, God's not called us to, to walk in that spirit of fear. God's called us to walk out in front of it and be leaders in what is going on in our communities and in our homes. We, it's time. One of my favorite songs nowadays, and this is how bad I am with music, I don't always remember the title of the song, but there's this one song by this DJ, and Bono is the singer of this song. Um, Bono is the lead singer of U2, and it's a digitized song. It's really funky and cool. I like it personally. Um, but one of the key lines in that song is, we are the people we've been waiting for. <laughs> we are the people we've been waiting for. You know, we pray that God, would you bring, would you do, and God says, you're the person that you're praying for. Would you go out and do it? Follow me and do it. Bring donuts to the school when it doesn't make sense. Like, wow, you're struggling with money? Yeah, go buy 66 dozen donuts and bless kids that don't even know you. That probably will never come here. But we're going to bless them and let them know that we love them and we care for them. 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to be in verses 20 through 25 this morning. But again, I want us to read it. I always want to back up just a little bit and kind of ramp up into it and not just pick up. Because, again, these are thoughts, full, complete thoughts. And so Peter, if we just pick it up in verse 20, we're kind of cutting off a thought here. So I want to jump back just a little bit. And like I said, I want us to ramp up into it. We're going to start off with the verse 17. All right, everybody there? Since you call on the Father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. 
He was chosen before the creation of the world. This is where we're at today, verse 20. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. So your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have been purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. So Peter's message here to us, the whole letter and you probably get tired of hearing it, but you're going to see it. Sincere love. But Peter's letter to us is really for us who follow him to, to remind us that we have hope in him. That we have hope as we follow Jesus. And sometimes in our world, it's hard to hang on to that hope. If we just tip our heads down a little bit and just focus on what we see here with our own eyes and what we hear through the radio and what we watch on TV with the news, it can feel really hopeless. But, but we who follow Jesus are with, not without hope. We have hope. And the message Peter gives us is hope. We have a living hope. It's not just a hope that we hang on to that we might have, but we have a living hope because our hope is in Jesus who is alive. It's a hope that never spoils or fades but Peter says it's kept in heaven for you. And I don't know if, when you think about spoiling and fading. I was personally cleaning out uh, the refrigerator yesterday. If you don't know what something spoils or fades look like, just clean out your refrigerator today when you get home. You're going to find all kinds of science experiments in there. I was like, I didn't know I was growing that in here. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> it, was my, it was my own thing. It's like, I, you know, I was grabbing something. I said, oh, how? Yeah, anyway, so, yeah, I threw away a couple of things in my, my refrigerator that I just forgot about. It would be an interesting youth experiment. Like, hey, will you eat this for a dollar? Okay, okay. That brings back the old youth pastor days in me. So um, we did that. We did that. Will you eat this? for? But it wasn't rotten food. It was just gross food. Okay. It was like the McDonald's Happy Meal but you stick it all in a blender, all of it, fries, chicken nuggets, burger, and Coke. It looks like a chocolate shake. <laughs> Doesn't taste like one, <laughs> but it looks like one. Anyways, that's the stuff that's rotten, that spoils, that fades, but our hope is in Christ, and it never spoils or fades. You know, we sing about God's amazing grace this morning, and and we look at what's going on around us, and God knew that, that we would mess things up. You ever think about that? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he goes through that whole list, and it was good, it was good, it was good. Even after he made us, it was good. But then we messed up. And I, I'll just say we. You might not want to throw yourself in the we, but I'm just going to say we messed up. Because if you were Adam or if you were Eve... Um, you would have done the same thing. I'll just tell you that, right? And so God knew that we would mess up. God started over with Noah. 
He knew Noah would mess up. But God had a plan all the way from the beginning. In John chapter 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. The Word was with God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. This is talking about Jesus here. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So no matter how dark it looks like in our world today, it will not overtake Jesus. It will not overtake those who follow him. Because what does he say? Jesus said he was the light of the world, but what did he turn around right after that and say to us? You are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill. People will look to you for hope. And so who will we point to? It's not to our bank accounts. It's not to our government. It's not to even community. It's to Jesus. He is our hope. God had a plan from the start. He sent Jesus in the prophecies that he would be called Emmanuel, God with us, that he would save us from our sin. It was God's plan for Jesus to come and to, to fix the problem, and the only way to fix it was by blood. Now, there's things in the Bible I don't quite understand. I don't quite understand that part, but what I do is I, I trust him. Blood had to be spilt to fix the serious problem of sin. And so God so loved us, most famous verse in the Bible, just like we sang Amazing Grace this morning, probably one of the most famous Christian songs ever written, that he sent his son to die for us, and whoever believes in him will have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to do what? To save the world through him. And that Jesus is the only way Jesus himself said in, in John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We cannot have relationship with God except through Jesus. And that might seem extremely narrow-minded. And so I just point to Jesus because that's what Jesus said, and I follow him. I'm not making this stuff up. Jesus said, I am the only way. To me, it makes it easy because if Jesus said, I'm the only way, then... Okay, that's, I'm in. I'm in with that. So God had a plan from the start. Even though he knew we were going to mess up, God had a plan. Why? Because it's all about relationship. You realize if you break it down, a lot of us, you know, we're focused on our careers, we're focused on our stuff. But it really is about relationship. Living life this side of heaven is all about relationship. First of all, it's our relationship with him with God himself, through his son Jesus. But then it's just about relationship this way, right? And then we prioritize, yeah, my relationship, number one, is with my wife and with my kids, with my family, and then with my friends. And uh, relationship's huge. I look around the room and I see relationship. The Isaacs are in town from Cloak. I love it. Cloak, Alaska, by the way, and um, they're family. And so we talk, we don't talk on the phone very much. Instagram types, not Instagram, uh, Facebook Messenger once in a while with Wanda. She sends these amazing pictures of whales popping up, you know, all that type of stuff. It's cool because it's about relationship, right? And I just want to say real quick, I want to challenge us. 
in, in the fact that it, if life is about relationship, then um, it's time that we start stepping out past ourselves a little bit and getting to know those around us. If life is really about relationship and God wants people to know him and the way people are going to know him is through us, so how are they going to know about him unless we have relationship with them? So can I just challenge you a little bit to get to know your neighbors? A neighbor is very general. A neighbor is the person that you're going to be buying food from today at lunch. But I'm going to be really specific here, okay? I'm going to say neighbors, the people that live around you. No matter where you live or what kind of house you live in, you have neighbors. They might be two miles away. They might be two feet away, okay? I'm getting to know my neighbor really well at 6.30 in the morning. Because he's right outside my window. I sleep with my window open. And I hear him open his van door and close his van door. And I hear him open his van door and close his van door. And I, open, I hear him open up his sliding van door and close his van door. He's my neighbor, so I need to get to know Daniel a little bit more. So where do you start? Getting to know your neighbors, just uh, how about with their name? I mean, that sounds really difficult. For some of you, you're like, that's scary to me. Well, okay. Pray for your neighbors. Be kind to them. Serve them. Love them. Care for them. I know some of you do that really well. Some of us, it's a little bit more of a challenge to do that. My challenge is just getting to know names right now. I'm close, but not doing so well with all of that. They definitely know me. I'm the new kid on the block. They definitely know what I do for a living. That has spread through our community quickly. Um, I had people, when I would walk, get out of my car, they would scurry off their front porch and close the door quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want this guy preaching to me on my front porch, but now they come over to me and talk to me. And we have, it's great. We have a great time. I love my neighbors. I love, I really do. Peter says that our, we go through all the stuff that we go through so that our faith and hope would be in God, that our trust would be in Him. And Peter, you know, he brings up the whole purification things again. You know, the things that we go through, the challenges that we face on a daily basis. Peter says it's making us appreciate what we have in Christ. But James says it's making us more mature and more complete, not lacking anything. So when we face challenges, when we face trials, instead of getting into the part, God, why, 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 which is me, it's like, okay, so God, what, what do you want me to do here? God, what do you want me to do here? He's not even here this morning, but uh, a great example is Bill Collins. That guy has been in the hospital more times in the last year than I know anybody. And the funny thing is you talk to him, he gets excited about it. Because he's like witnessing and sharing Jesus with all the nurses, doctors. He, this one doctor had been Christian years before, um, had walked, totally walked away from his faith. Brought him right back into the presence of Jesus. Talked to another doctor who's a Christian. Hey, make sure you follow up with this doctor. Be in fellowship with him. I mean, he's like coordinating what's going on at Valley Medical Center right now. 
he was on one of his little walks with the, you know, you have to hold your IV thing. They take him out by the fountain. He shares Jesus with his nurse. She gives her life to Jesus right out by the fountain. And you're like, God, why am I going through this stuff that's painful? Because I'm going to place you, God says, I'm going to place you where I want to place you because people need me. And I'll use whatever I have to use. Sometimes that includes pain, right? It does. I don't like that part. But he does. So the purification part, God's serious about it. It's purity, living lives of purity before God and before one another is a huge deal to God. So much so that he gave his son for it. And so I'll just... I'll just say this this morning. If you have been struggling in your relationship with God, I'll just confess this. When I struggle in my relationship with Jesus, it's usually because of purity. What what am I thinking? What am I allowing in? That means what I watch, what I listen to. Because Jesus said... Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Purity is a big deal to God. It's huge. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see me. Peter says, be holy, for I am holy. That's a quote from God speaking to us. Be holy. Can we do that in and of ourselves? No, we can't. We would like to think we can. We would like to think we can make that happen, but we cannot on our own make that happen. Someone had to step in the gap for us. It took divine intervention for us to be holy. But here's the good news. If we follow Jesus, we are. No matter what we've done, no matter what we will do, that's the crazy thing to me. That because of what Jesus has done on the cross for us, we are made holy in him. If we receive him and if we follow him, huge. By the way, if you've never done that, if you're watching from home or if you're in the house, if you've never given your life to Jesus, today's perfect day. It's Memorial Day weekend. Die to yourself, but then celebrate new life in Christ. So awesome. Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians. Wow. Yes, we're going to go there. I keep thinking of our Sunday school teachers, but they're awesome. We'll give them a raise. We'll double their... Pray for our Sunday school teachers. Pray for more Sunday school teachers. I'm just going to fly through this, a couple of these verses. I told you we are going to be in our Bibles this morning, but just a reminder of what our God has done for us. It's really important, I think, that we know that. And maybe it's something that will speak to you this morning, but I'm hoping it's something that you could, will speak to you throughout the weeks. Ephesians chapter 2, we're just going to read a big chunk of it. As for you, Paul is talking to us who follow Jesus, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All those who lived among them, all of us, lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, 
made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. (laughs) It's all Him. He's done all the work for us. He says it's a gift, so that means we just need to receive that gift and then walk with it. Receive the gift of life and we'll walk with it. Peter ends this passage. We could spend weeks in these passages, but Peter ends this passage by quoting Isaiah chapter 40 and says, but the word of the Lord endures forever. I love that passage because what does the Bible say about itself? What Jesus said about the word, that it is truth. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hebrews says that the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, and it penetrates even dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts. 1 Timothy says, All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God, those who follow him, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Ephesians chapter 6, when, when Paul is saying, hey, we need to suit up here. This is a battle. He's not talking about put your swimsuit on and go to the beach. He says, you're going to have to put armor on. To follow Jesus, you're going to put armor on because it's going to be a battle. The only offensive weapon in that whole list is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So that means we can use the Word of God when we pray. We should be using the Word of God when we pray. What did Jesus use when he was tempted by the devil? He used the word of God. Important. And then Colossians 3.16. A lot of great verses in 3.16, by the way. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That means marinate in it. Soak in it. I've gone way too long this morning. So I have a microphone today because I know some of us, you know, I know my hearing isn't the greatest. 20 plus years of listening to table saws and routers and shaping machines. The word of the Lord endures forever. And I asked you at the very beginning, what are some of the scripture verses that God has been ministering to you as of late? And so I just want to open it up this morning. My mom's been holding her Bible the whole time. Your arm's getting tired? No, No, you're okay. okay. Look how serious she was. She was like super serious. Okay, give us one second. Is it okay we go a hair longer this morning? Hey, when you see Sunday school teachers, Pete, Lonnie, Marcy, Delia, and Melissa this morning, give them a high five because the pastor went way too long. Okay. All right, I'm just going to pass, we're just going to pass the mic around a little bit. Okay, can you pass it down? I've been reading these verses every day this week because when I first read them last week, um, they just really hit me. This is in Second Peter, 
chapter 1, verse 3 through 10. Now it's going to take me a minute. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. You know, she teared up while she was reading the word. You wonder where I get it from. I've been reading in Second Corinthians, so there's several verses. So I'll just kind of hop around. Um, so it says, "Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For where the Spirit of the Lord that is, there is freedom. And we are being transformed into His likeness with ever increasing glory." But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, we are Christ's ambassadors. God's making his appeal through us. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. First uh, Thessalonians 4, 16. And this just gave me hope this week. I was thinking about uh, loved ones that have already gone for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Hmm. That's awesome. Thank you. A couple more. I saw a hand back here. Um. These actual scriptures, I haven't been reading this week. I have read it before, but the thoughts were in my heart this week. And I just, anyway, uh, it's Psalm 73, starting with verse 21. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your 
counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you, and earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So good. All right, I'm going to stop it there. We'll do this again, okay? We'll keep going, but I'm going to get in trouble. Hey, can we stand? <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> if you're like me lately, no, I can't. <laughs> um, give me a second. So, God, this morning, there's so much on our hearts today. Every single one of us carry in things into your presence, into the presence of this room, even. Joy, but pain and sorrow, confidence and doubt. Courage and fear. But God, I thank you that you receive us as we come. God, that your heart for us is that we would know you. That we would walk with you. So Lord, our prayer this morning is that every single one in this room that are watching online that we know would know you. Yeah, we don't know. We read, heard it this morning. We don't know when you're going to come back, but what we do know is every day we wake up and we're one day closer. And it does appear that things are <laughs> moving very quickly towards your return. God, that we would be ready. That our families would be ready. That our neighbors would be ready. So Lord, start with us today in this room, you know, who are watching, that we would personally be ready when you return or ready for us to stand in your presence. Outside the planet Earth. But God, once we know that we're ready, that we wouldn't just get in our couches and lay back and relax, but God, we would fight for our neighbors and our friends and our family. not in rudeness, not out of being harsh, but God, out of love, just like Peter said, sincere, genuine love. That we would love one another, even strangers that we haven't even met with true, genuine love. Because we look past what we see and we recognize that they are image bearers of you created in your image, just like we are, that we would love just like you loved. God, purify our hearts. Lord, bring, convict us by the power of your Holy Spirit to walk in truth with you. 
God, if we're watching things, if we're looking at things, if we're allowing things to come into our lives, if we're focused on all the negative stuff all the time, that is impure thoughts. God, that we're supposed to focus on the things that are noble and things that are right, things that are true, things that are godly. Change the way we think, Jesus. Set our eyes and our hope on you this morning, God. And we're thankful for all that you're doing. God, may we come before you with thankful hearts. Even in the midst of the crazy, we give you thanks. When the church said, Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Looking forward to seeing you next week. It's going to be here quicker than you know it. <laughs>